Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show for this Wednesday, the 15th of April, 2020. What a year, what a time to be alive. Here we are in... Dublin's, well, here I am in Dublin's fair city, looking out at, what's a, like, it's a reasonably blue sky out there, you know, can't, I mean, we can all complain, but we, you know, what's the point at this stage, it's all out of our hands, Um, but yeah, the sun's been shining here, and it's been good, it's still, regardless of the situation, a bit of sunshine, it's interesting what it can do to the mind, woo, Woo, yippee. I hope it's sunny and I hope it's shiny wherever in the world you are. Um, a, a huge, before we'll, we'll, I'll go through all the, all the admin before we get on with the show, but a huge hello and welcome and a thank you for coming along to all the new listeners uh, to the show. I've got uh, messages from you guys who who've come across me on, on various different platforms, and um, well, you're basically very welcome along for the ride. Um, I think there's a lot of people listening from the from the US. Some of you will have heard me on the Des Bishop podcast, and that's why you're here, and that's how you've ended up here um, uh, listening to the show. So you're very welcome. There's plenty of episodes for you to work through, and there's plenty of fun to be had. I was trying to think, how, how do I best explain to you guys that are new to the show what this is? It's a podcast um, that there's all sorts of stuff has happened. It's kind of different now to what it was when I when it started out, when I, when I would always have a guest on, essentially, every week. Um, but that's developed into, you know, obviously, you can't be having guests on. I can't be having my my girlfriend on all the time <laughs> every week now that we're in isolation baby we're in lockdown so over the co- over the course of the whole podcast you'll hear all sorts of episodes it doesn't matter if you know the people or you don't because the interesting thing about all the guests on the show is that they're all super interesting people um and that's why i had them on and they're not necessarily famous or anything like that because to me, that was always a bit boring, to be honest with you. I've often watched chat shows and you watch some actor on there fucking going on about whatever shite it is that they have to promote. And it's boring. And I've often looked at it and gone, sure, would you not just get somebody from the front row of the audience there and bring them up on? I bet you they've got a more interesting story to tell. So that's kind of part of the concept of what the show, uh, part of the show was about. Where I would just bring on interesting people that I knew or interesting people that were sent uh, my way. And those conversations have brought up all sorts of stuff. Um, I can think off the top of my head. 
the poet Jeff, who is a, a Dublin-based poet, um, interesting. He was on a couple of times. I think he was on episode six at first, and he performs a couple of his poems in it. So that's well worth a listen to. And he was on episode fifty-one again. I know, I know that. Um, so you can check out the poet Jeff. Um, there was also what else did we? Have? The, yeah, episode number forty-five. A good comedian friend of mine who's also a historian. Andrew Dorman, who kind of it was brilliant. That was a brilliant, interesting conversation, kind of breaking down myths that the Irish have about themselves in so many ways. And we talked a lot about slavery in the Caribbean and um, the Irish is the Irish people's uh, relationship to that. Um, also, other funny people. John Spillane is a really brilliant comedian friend of mine, so he was on a couple of times as well. And not to mention the wonderful Jenna, who definitely got loads of people from from the US on board and listening because Jenna um, is from Oregon and um, so she was kind of a regular contributor for um, on and off for the first year of the show and uh, we basically if you look through all the episodes where um, the title of the episode is some kind of a weird name like anal garlic I think one of them is called that's an episode that Jenna was on okay <laughs> uh, and she's great crack so you can you can um, you can flick uh, through them and yeah so you're very welcome along for the show and I, I, sorry obviously at the moment it's kind of me on my own at the moment but it's been great crack we've been having great fun um been chatting to all of you guys through the instagram and all the social medias over the course of the week and then i and then i put a show together for you guys so thanks for coming along for the ride and feel free to get in touch now there was loads of different messages about so many different topics um last week we talked about weird not sex fetishes but weird sex stuff that you had going on and um that you know weird sexual attractions i think is probably the way to define it and all sorts of stuff came in from broad shoulders to dirty fingernails to hairless um, women who really wanted their men to be hairless which was uh, an interesting one as well so you can go back and listen to that episode if uh, you want to hear about what the the weird sexual um, attractions that our listeners have and then Cormac got in touch as well actually who is uh, living in Canada I think sorry Cormac if I've forgotten but Cormac was saying that he in he he the first episode that he listened to was myself and my girlfriend talking about sex stuff. So that's a couple of episodes back. Hold on a second now. We'll see if I can uh, find what episode that was again because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was just episode number 55 called Wine and Sex where we really got into I think this is a healthy place to be in with your partner if you're in a relationship where you can chat about previous sexual experiences and previous um sexual mishaps and things that went wrong and and we were able to analyze you know sexual stuff between men and 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 women and the things that we get wrong and all that kind of uh crack so that was that was a great episode so Cormac kind of flew in straight in at that and he was like wow what an episode the two of you are sitting in your toilet because that's the only place that we can record when our daughter is in bed (laughs) in the toilet talking about sex and drinking wine so yeah that's the kind of stuff that we get into as well um lots of questions as well about coffee um because I've been posting a few uh, pictures and stuff on my Instagram, which is at Hello Stevo, as I'm sure you already know. But I've been posting pictures of of the coffee that I've been brewing. Now it's obviously controversial topic for the podcast itself because of the fact that I was off coffee for I think I was off it for seven months, um, and then probably not the best idea. But since the quarantine started, I started drinking it again. Um, so it's probably not the best situation to be. Uh, more caffeinated in but hey I've been enjoying making it again because it's 
It's the ritual of it. I worked in coffee in as a barista in specialty coffee, which um, a lot of you will listen to that and go, oh, well, those hipster wankers, which yeah, I suppose you're not wrong, but um, I worked in the specialty coffee industry on and off for seven years or something like that, um, all over the place in different places in, in Dublin and in really top-notch places in London, which was a privilege to work in, to be honest with you. But what I'm trying to say is I, I basically got into coffee through through the work, big time and loved it really enjoyed it and so i enjoy just brewing a chemex at home and now a lot of you are going what my fuck is a chemex a chemex originated in japan as far as i know which there's definitely a japanese theme to the podcast with the japanese milk buns that we were all baking there recently but a chemex is a glass receptacle that you kind of you do pour over in the top section of it and that drips into the bottom section and um once you're finished with the pouring over, you take out the the grinds that were in the filter paper at the top and you throw them out and it kind of the glass thing serves as a as a you know, it pours out your coffee. So it's lovely lovely way to watch even just making your coffee. It's it's gorgeous looking. Um so uh, so that's a Chemex. They're about I, I, it's not necessarily if you like pour over coffee it's just for people who like black coffee filter coffee that's all I drink um, and you can and it's the best stuff that you can make yourself at home um, The so a lot of you are asking about the Chemex I wouldn't necessarily start off with a Chemex because it's a little bit expensive to buy a Chemex but if you're starting off and you want to start making pour over coffee you can get like Hario V60 pour overs and um, Kalita Waves that are slightly cheaper options and uh, but probably the most important thing is to have your own grinder at home so you can order your coffee whole bean and then grind it yourself at home so it's like the most fresh that you're going to have your coffee so that's my recommendation on the coffee front is probably invest in a grinder first and actually if you just have a French press there is loads of great youtube videos on how to make the tastiest french press so hit me up on instagram if you want me to send you any other brewing methods i sent loads of uh, recommendations to people on coffee roasters that um that i really like to use but i'm going to give a shout out to um proper order who is uh niall win uh, former Irish barista champion runs uh, his own place in Smithfield Square here in Dublin, and I'm just going to give him a bit of support here, and because uh, obviously they've been closed down for a while now, but they're still managing to sell coffee wholesale. So that's who I've been buying my coffee from. So if you go on to properordercoffeeco.com. you'll be able to. It's as he says, the most simple uh, website in the world. But you'll be able to order. Um, excuse me, little burp coming. What was that from now? I don't know. You'll be able to order coffee from him, um, especially if you're in, in Ireland and the Dublin area anyway. Uh, order coffee from him. And I had I bought a lovely Bolivian coffee from him, from, uh, roasted by Square Mile Coffee, coffee Roasters. And this um, coffee was called Finca David. Beautiful, really tasty, really nice stuff. So that's the coffee recommendation. Now moving on to onion soup. I know I made onion soup on... Um, Sunday, I think. Who knows what day it is? But uh, onion soup recipe, is, I mean, the reason I made it was because I had a craving for it, But also, it's like one of the most simplest things in the world, but yet so tasty. Oh, so tasty. 
basically butter, onions, I put a drop of red wine in there, caramelize the shit out of it, and then just top it off with some beef stock and cook it the fook down. Make sure you season it well, a bit of pepper in there, finish it off with some uh, parsley on top when you serve, and if you have stale bread, perfect, but if not, you can toast some bread with a bit of Emmental cheese on top of it and throw it on top. If you want a recipe for that, a couple of people already asked for that, I can send that out to you as well. It's not my recipe. I mean, a lot of these things, the way I was taught to cook anyway, was like you should always be tasting anyway. So you just need to know the elements of the of your dish or whatever it is that you want to make. And then just be tasting, tasting, tasting and making sure everything is the, to your liking, essentially. Uh, and learn when you have to add a bit more salt here or sometimes not in the onion soup, but in other recipes, it might have to up the acidity. So you might put in a bit of lemon juice or I'm going too far into this. But anyway, what else on the admin? Shout outs to... Um, I mentioned Cormac already in Canada. Donald's in Canada as well, I think. Uh, hope you're doing well, my man. Darren got in touch. Darren and I haven't talked to in 20 years. Um, we grew up together in the same, I was going to say same town, the same neighborhood down in uh, East Cork in Middleton. I haven't seen Darren in about 20 years, but it was amazing. Uh, Darren got in touch with uh, some funny housemate stories. That's what today's episode is about. But he... Um, uh, is living in the US now. He's living in Massachusetts, and I wish Darren all the best and all the um, the best safety and good luck and all the rest of it. Because Darren is now a qualified paramedic in Massachusetts, married, family, and all that. So that's kind of cool. We had a great old catch up on the Instagram, and um, but me- wishing you all the best, Darren, out there, and stay safe. And um, congratulations on, I think recently became a paramedic, so congratulations on that. And man, are you in at the deep end. So I really hope uh, and wish you the best of um, luck over there. Geraldine, I did not email you back, apologize, but I wanted to say thank you on the podcast to Geraldine because uh, she donated towards the show as well. So thank you so much for that, Geraldine. And Ali, sorry, was... Um, on last week I mentioned her in the introduction of last week's show and I said she was a nurse in Ireland and thanked her very much for her work here and all that stuff and I was wrong she's actually a nurse in Boston so um, so which is a, I mean it's a very different situation over in the US at the moment because things are really difficult over there um, so uh, I, I as well also wish you all the best over there Ali and Ali fantastically what a worker Finally, Ali got a weekend off. So well done to the nurses who got their weekends off last weekend. And what did Ali do? She went and made the Japanese milk bread buns, of which you can see the tutorial uh, for it on my Instagram page. She sent me the pictures of them. And man, I think of all the people that sent them in, this might be controversial to say, but they looked like the best ones. So fair play to you, Ali. Um, They were precise, lined up beautifully. And man, did they look fluffy. So congratulations, Ali. Well done. And keep up the good work and stay safe. I think that is all the admin. Um, Social media to get in touch with the show is um, on Instagram at HelloStevo. Twitter is also HelloStevo. I'm not really on Twitter. Uh, TikTok is uh, HelloStevo as well. And now there's an email address. Because sometimes the length of the messages that are coming through, it's easier to send through an email. So you can now email the show, hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. Very simple. If you want to say, if you have any feedback or messages or want to share anything or any stories or whatever it is, get in touch, 
hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. And sometimes I find, like, I, I rarely write emails to um, just vent. Now, vent is the wrong word, but... You know, sometimes when you get, do you know when you get in the middle of an email and you're just typing away and it's just like, Jesus, I'm having a great time waffling here and just letting go. But then also the fantastic thing that can happen in that situation when you're writing a big, long email is that all sorts of stuff comes up and it's kind of like stream of consciousness and all that. So that's why I set up the email. If you feel like letting loose, don't worry, I'll always keep you anonymous. Well, not anonymous, but I'll use your first name so nobody can identify who you actually are. But if you want to be kept anonymous, just tell me. And just, like, let fly on the keyboard. Just tell us what you're thinking. Um, so, yeah, email address is there, uh, good to go. And I said uh, thanks to Geraldine for uh, the PayPal donation. I only set up donations last week. It was my first week putting on the show. And, my God, I'm genuinely um, uh, touched. I don't... <laughs> I do want to say that without sounding weird, but genuinely so thankful. I got emotional last week because um, I've never, I've never even thought of 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 um, putting up donations to, to to the show and all that kind of stuff. And I did it for the first week last uh, last week, and the donations came flooding in. And I'm so grateful. You've no idea. I can't express how grateful I am to you guys. Genuinely, I've wrote. That's why I said um, thanks to Geraldine on here because I wrote to everybody else who who. Um, who did send in money. And I really, really, really appreciate it because we're all in very uncertain and unknown times. But certainly as a stand-up comedian, the prospects of me making money in the next while is like in in this year, they're even talking about live events not happening for 2020. So I'm not stressed about it, but it's just one of those things that you kind of go, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next. And because I don't know, I don't know (laughs) when I'm going to be gigging again. So I set up the donation thing, um, and I'm so grateful. I can't thank you guys enough for, for those of you who had donated, and it really, really helps because this week I had to pay for the um, for the hosting of the podcast so that you guys can listen to all the podcasts, and you know that's more money that um, isn't coming in on the other side. Um, so I'm genuinely grateful. Um, this podcast will always be free, so it, it's it's there for anybody who wants to listen to it for free, and. That's absolutely fine. You don't have money. That's fine. This is still here for you. That's absolutely fine. If you do have money, if, for example, everybody who listened to the pod, to each episode contributed even a euro for, for per episode, which is nothing. Think the amount of shit that I spend a euro on, like crisps. Think of it. A packet of crisps is now a euro, I think. So for uh, let's let's put in perspective of uh, those waffles. Do you know those waffles that are really salty? Mm, I love them, and they're very bad for you. But... Even for the price of a packet of waffles, if everybody who listened to an episode contributed to that, honestly, it would it would make my um, it would make my world a lot easier. And uh, but again, it's free; it's totally free. And if you want to, you know, for example, buy for the price of a pint or the price of a coffee or whatever it is, whatever way you think um is uh, suitable, um, you know, even even the tiny things you really really help. So I'm just, anyway, I think I've made my speech on that i don't think it went very well because <laughs> i'm not used to that shit i never like asking for money i'm not asking it's like if you feel like you want to donate for the work that i'm putting in towards entertaining you guys then i'm i'm forever grateful right that is fucking it that's the end of it that was embarrassing to be honest you what is it about men being vulnerable that we just can't fucking handle it anyway that was the longest intro that this show has ever done. And now it is time to get onto the show because you guys have been full of such wonderful 
wonderful stories and I can't wait to get stuck into them. You've been amazing. Um, get in touch at Hello Steve on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But this is Hello Steve-O podcast. Here we go. Yes, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Hello Steve-O podcast. What a week it's been. Oh, my God. It's been amazing. It's been it's been so, so, so the same. <laughs> it's hard to even think back on the last week as to what it is that I've done because, you know, I don't even know. Like, I, to be honest with you, the fact that I'm getting these out on time is 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 a mind blowing to me because I don't even know what day it is half the time, and I have to sit down and think about what did, what did I do in the last week, and you just forget because. It, like every day is a Sunday, it feels like. I suppose it was Easter weekend this weekend, and we didn't do the whole Easter egg hunt thing in the house because uh, my daughter doesn't eat chocolate actually, and it's kind of because her mom, being the nutritionist and all that kind of stuff, she doesn't partake in the old sweetie side of life. But um, we still got sent loads of eggs, to be fair, <laughs> which is not good for me because they're they're all like the neighbors are coming around and going, oh, here's for, these are for your daughter. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she'll never see. She actually literally hasn't didn't see any of them because they went straight into the secret compartment in the cupboard in the kitchen. And there's still loads of them left, actually. But um, I got a bit sick of the, the, the chocolate. I love a caramel uh, Cadbury's cream egg. Mm! I don't know if you're listening to the US if you have those guys, but man, it's a chocolate egg. It's the size of an actual egg, maybe a bit smaller. Chocolate, and then you go on the inside, and the way that they've made the cream in on the inside of the egg is the colours of an actual egg. So it's white and yellow in there. It's like, oh, it's pure filth. Do you remember the ads? They had ads for years on Cadbury's cream egg. How do you eat yours? And had all these crazy scenes as to how people ate their eggs, like some guy shooting the top off the egg with a gun or whatever. Oh, so I've had a few cream eggs, um, and then we went down to our, we have a local shop close to us, which is like an old school shop where it's run by an old school woman that if you're living where I'm living, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not naming names here because it'll get controversial, but she's the brilliant, she's the most brilliant and the most brutal person in the world both in the same because like she might blank me and my girlfriend for months and not talk to us but then as soon as my daughter goes by she's like oh hey give me a hug blah 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 blah. she's a bit of a nutter like you go into the shop to buy something and to be honest with you everything is so overpriced and out of date so she gives out why people aren't going into her shop but it's like because if you go down to the other shop which is a chain down the road it is a chain but they're just cheaper Everything is massively overpriced and out of date in this old person's shop. And you go in to buy something off her and she just gives, she'll give out to me. She will give out to me. I haven't seen you in ages. You only want to get the paper, is it? Fuck's sake. (laughs) Fucking hell, I can go get the paper somewhere else if you want. And bitching and moaning about nobody coming into the shop. But she's been amazing and always is amazing to my daughter. The amount of clothes that she's bought her. So... We got a delivery up for my daughter of a lovely, beautiful basket full of eggs um, for Easter, um, chocolate ones. And this is how thoughtful she is because she knows that my daughter ain't going to eat the chocolate ones. So she put loads of cute, colorful little fake ones in there for her to play with. And they were gorgeous. And it was a beautiful basket. So that afternoon, my daughter sat down and made her, uh, the old woman down in the shop, uh, made her an Easter card. 
and I walked down with her to bring it to deliver it and she delivered it using her Easter egg basket of course she did and we go we go to and I can I handed it on to her because obviously social distancing you don't want to be touching each other or anything like that and the one the old one still smoking in the shop she's always smoking in the shop comes out to get a hug off my daughter I'm like would you go away and I was freaking out that you know that I was going to have to be the asshole and go hey get back in behind the counter there but it was fine because my daughter just ran down the road away from her waving going happy easter see ya <laughs> so um but yeah I, I i don't get over the whole that was easter but the whole social distancing thing that people some people are just not doing it like i'm not out of the house that much and i go for runs um Sometimes, with the times I'll go for runs, there's generally nobody around. But I, I go to the shop some days, and it's like, there's way too many people out. There's way too many people out. But, anyway, we got through Easter. We didn't do anything specific for it. I made the onion soup, which uh, a lot of you seem to enjoy. So tasty, so simple. But it was real old-school French cooking, you know, the amount of butter in it kind of a thing. It's just, it was proper old-school, but really enjoyed it, and... Uh, um, so that was kind of Easter Sunday, all I can rem- remember, really. And one of the evenings I ended up watching Chef, which is definitely my favorite comfort movie. I don't know if you guys know of it, but it's John Favreau uh, acts in it. He wrote it and he directs it. Um, and basically, he was in, it's, a, it's a food movie. And it was based around the story of Chef Roy Choi, who owns, um, is it the Kobe Trucks? food trucks in LA that he started years ago that have gone on to be hugely successful and now they have their own TV cooking show on Netflix and blah 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 blah, blah and all that stuff but when I'm having a, we, not not even having a bad day it's just when you know, we're sitting, sitting around so much so much and just you don't know what to watch and there's you don't know what to do sometimes and sometimes there's too much choice and you just kind of want to go back and watch a comfort movie so The Irishman was was that for me for a while, but then I watched Chef on Amazon Prime the other day, and it was great. My first date ever with the missus, right, in London, brought her back to mine. We didn't do it. No, we didn't. But I brought her back to watch Chef. (laughs) I genuinely wanted to watch it, and she was like, oh, God, you're so, uh, oh, you're such bullshit. You don't want to watch the movie at all. I was like, well, to be honest here with that, ass ladies, it's hard to concentrate on the movie. But yeah, it's a real comfort film. So I, you know, went back to watching Chef. Great music. All you, all you're doing is watching that movie and thinking of Cubanos. Oh, I love a Cubano now, and 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 the great music that goes on in that movie as well. It's just like makes you hungry, and it's like it's not the best um, acting or written or any of that shit. But like some movies just aren't about that. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. I know you're all laughing at me for going on about Sonic all the time, but it's a great movie. I'm sorry, but it is. I'm not even sorry. It's a great movie. I think it just came out in February. If you guys haven't watched it yet, it's not on Netflix. I got it on that popcorn app, you know, that does all the illegal movies. Well, download that popcorn app and you can see it. Um, And it's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Another comfort movie was brilliant. And I actually started trying to... I don't know if anyone here is into it, but I um, did get into the, the... Well, I didn't get into it. Sometimes we can be negative about certain types of movies. So I was never a huge Star Wars guy or Marvel movies or any of that kind of stuff. But I said, look, I've got the time now. I got free access to the Disney app. So I'll try and watch the Marvel movies and Googled it because it's all Star Wars and Marvel movies are so complicated because you don't know which way to watch them, you know, chronologically because they're made all over the place. So like the Marvel movies, they say to start off with Captain America, but 
then chronologically, the next film you should watch after that is Captain Marvel. But Captain Marvel was the, one of the most recently made movies, so it's all very fucking confusing, to be honest with you. But I did. I watched those two, Captain America and Captain Marvel, and I just found them a bit. Both of them too long. And I found myself skipping them and going to different parts of the movie just to go, okay, so what happens here and what happens here? Just to find out what's the chronological thing so I know everything that happened in the Marvel movies. Do you know what I mean? They just went on a little bit too long, but I'm going to keep going. Samuel L. Jackson is in, is in them, so that's always a bit of crack, isn't it, to see old Sammy J um, on them. So I just think that with the comic-type stuff, there's a part of me would like to be into that because... Because I see, I I tell you why. I was a sports guy growing up all the time. And two years ago, I had to go to Comic-Con in Dublin. If you don't know what that is, it's like a comic convention where people go and there's all sorts of stuff going on to do with comics from um, they're showing movies, they're they're, um, selling toys, they're selling costumes. And all the comic fans go to these conventions dressed as the characters that they love in these movies. And I was blown away. This was on in the convention center in Dublin, which is a huge building. And I was blown away by the amount of people that were so dedicated to their comics. People dressed up as uh, Stormtroopers and Darth Vader and Princess Leia and all sorts of... And the other thing was like the, the amount of hot nerds. It was ridiculous. These nerdy girls that were like smoking hot with gorgeous bodies wearing the bikini of whatever it was, Wonder Woman, whatever comic character it was. So it really took me back and I was thinking, fucking hell, these guys are passionate about this stuff. And to me, to be honest with you, if you're passionate about anything, you can't knock it. So these guys are passionate about it. So there's a part of me that was like, I, I got to explore this and see what, what it is that they love about it. And I definitely kind of got into it with the Sonic thing because, like, Sonic was such an iconic computer game when I was a kid. So that's definitely a bit of a geeky side to me coming out wanting to watch that. And so that's why I wanted to make the effort with all the Marvel movies to kind of see what it is that these um, comic nerds were into. And those two movies, I have to say, nothing. I mean, anyway, I'm going to try go through and see if I can watch them all and see if I can come out the other side with a a better um, a better picture of it or understanding of it or. But maybe it's just not for me. But I did watch... Um, but Sorry, before we did go into lockdown, I did start reading a couple of graphic novels. And I got... Um, Damo Clark, the great comedian Damo Clark, gave me this amazing one called Hostage. It's nuts. It's such a brilliant uh, comic novel. And you, the thing about them is, like, this is about the same size as a Bible, chunky-wise. But because it's a graphic novel and there's not a lot of reading in it and so many pictures, you fly through it. I went through it in one evening. It's by Guy Delisle, Delisle, called Hostage. Wow, amazing. So actually, I do have another one here, a Japanese one that I'm going to have uh, to read. But this one was set uh, in the one hostage was basically about, about a guy who got um, taken hostage based on a true story about a guy who got taken hostage in um, oh, it's Belarus or something like that. Anyway, I highly recommend it um, to check it out. So because of the whole, you know, comic nerd movement kind of thing i've been watching the 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 marvel movies and like i said the first two there they weren't amazing but we'll see i'm going to go through them all and see what i think i'm going to get that graphic novel called watchmen as well people say that that's an amazing one to read as well so i'm going to go check that out um but that's what i i was up to and you know cooking onion soup and 
And baking obviously is taking a back seat because I ran out of flour. And so then I ordered, over a week ago, I ordered uh, from Ballymore Organics, who make amazing flour. I think they grind it to order. So I've ordered that because I wanted to move on to sourdough and see if the Japanese milk buns are even better with better quality flour. But that's meant that all of last week I haven't baked pretty much because I, I couldn't get any fucking flour. Because none of the shops have flour. That's why I ordered the big bag of flour from, the, from this crowd. Isn't that mad that everybody... The two things that you can't get since we've been into lockdown is PlayStations and flour. Who would have thought? And I've get, I'm so grateful for all the pictures and the videos. I'm delighted that everybody's enjoying making Japanese milk bread buns. However... If you can't get flour and you can't get yeast or you can't get the ingredients to make the bread, there's no point in texting me. The amount of people that I'm getting messages from going, there's no fucking flour in my Tesco. What am I going to do about that? I mean, I've no flour. What do you want me to do? Fucking hell. But anyway, I hope you do get it. Um... But you can try, even Ballymore Organics aren't, they're sold out at the moment. And the reason that there is no flour in the country, and I'm sure it's not just in Ireland, but the reason that they're running out of, sorry, the reason that you can't get the flour that they're saying they're sold out, it's not an issue with the with them not having the flour. It's them not having the bags to put the flour into because they've loads of flour. They, In fact, they've got an excess of flour because loads of bakeries and restaurants and hotels and stuff aren't ordering flour because they're all closed down. So they've got all that stuff still there. But the problem is they don't have the bags, the small keto bags that you and I need uh, our household flour in. Because when they deliver flour to a big, massive, industrial-sized bakery, they just send it in big, massive, huge barrels of it, you know? But I, oh Jesus, imagine having a barrel of flour in your gaff. Who knows? We could be locked down for that amount of time. <laughs> imagine. We used to have in um, the restaurant I worked in in London, they used to fill the f- uh, bread, sorry, they used to fill wheelie bins full of uh, flour. That's how we held it in the restaurant. And the reason it was in the wheelie bin was because it's obviously so heavy, at least you could wheel, wheel it around when you needed to move it. But who knows? We'll all, Maybe we'll all need fucking wheelie bins of flour before you know it but i've loved the the bacon and i've loved chatting with you guys about the bacon and i've loved getting the buns right and i get obsessive about it and it's kind of what's weird about it is that i do go into the kitchen i don't know if you guys do this i go into the kitchen and start the process and i and i watch kind of uh, it might be a marvel movie or um i was watching hunters on amazon prime about that's fucking that ended really badly, but I watched the whole first series of that. If you want to check it out on Prime, Hunters or Hunter. I mean, it's not a spoiler really, but it's basically about uh, loads of hidden Nazis in America. Um, but it starts off really well, and I actually found the first few episodes episodes really hard to watch because the tension was nearly fucking too much, to be honest with you. But what a show. <laughs> it, it, it was an amazing show. But anyway, I'd be watching something like that, Al Pacino's in it. You know, Al Pacino, I don't think that's a very good Al Pacino impression, but... I love the Alec Baldwin impersonation of Al Pacino. It's brilliant. But, um, yeah, so I'm in the kitchen and I'm baking and I love closing the door, sticking on a podcast or something, and it kind of takes you off into another world, isn't it? 
when your world becomes a flower in the bowl and you've got so much stuff on that you've got to like you if you if you're going to get it right your timing has to be right the, you know you have to prove it for the right amount of time it has to raise the right amount of time you got to get your measurements right you don't get your measurements right then it don't work all that stuff so you, it just immerses you in, into another world and using your hands and getting your hands dirty it's a great feeling oh it's especially for me it's absolutely fantastic it's therapy I'm telling you, it is ther- It is for me. I mean, I know I've talked a lot to you guys about on this about about um about therapy and uh, and I started therapy in December, I think, and I haven't had it now since this has happened. And maybe I am feeling it, you know. Maybe I am feeling it because it's tough to get to, you know. It's tough to express something sometimes, and and I actually have less space. I'm, I don't know if that happens with with everybody who's on lockdown, but I've got less personal space now than I'm used to because my routine normally is like when the girls are around the house, I'll be out working somewhere else. Or I work in the evening times when I'm doing my gigs and stuff like that. Um, and during the daytime, you know, they do their own thing and I do my own thing. So, But now I have less space because I can't come out at all. Let me out. But the baking has been a brilliant therapy and genuinely, like, loves love love doing it and love I, I got sourdough sent to me from a couple of people and i made bread for a couple of friends and stuff like that and there's some try it genuinely try it try baking something for somebody try the milk buns the the whole um tutorial is on my instagram page and my highlights for those of you new guys who are um you've missed out on all that we basically went baking mad for a couple of weeks there the first couple of weeks in the lockdown and I made a tutorial on how I make Japanese milk bread buns and uh, made it on the on the Instagram. And if you go onto my Instagram page, check out the highlights. It's just under milk buns. It brings you through the whole process for how to make your own milk bread buns. Um, but I, I started making the loaves as well. And when I made the loaves, I just went and delivered them to other people. And there's such a feel-good feeling. Feel-good feeling? Yeah, you can say that. Feel good factor feeling. Factor feel good feeling <laughs> of just making something for somebody else and giving something to them. Like feeding other people. I know I've talked about it before. It's like one of the, for me, it's one of the most brilliant, beautiful things that you can do in the world because it's like you're nourishing other people. I don't know what it is. And it's such a small and easy thing to do. But man, is it a feel good feeling? Feel good feeling. <laughs> Let's use that from now on. I've got a feel-good feeling. I've got a feel-good feeling. I'm trying to sing a bit more. I've got a feel-good feeling all the way down in my bones. Yeah, maybe I'll make it write a song called Feel Good Feeling. Um, but it is a feel-good feeling to bake for other people, and it is genuinely good. And it is difficult being in this world now with my other housemates. But I did say, actually, I'll share this with you before... My phone goes because my best, my favorite housemate is definitely my daughter, my amazing two and a half year old. Now, this might not be funny to those of you out there who are not from Ireland um, or not necessarily knowledgeable of of Irish accents. But where I live is in the inner city of Dublin, right? Where it's a very specific accent. It's like, how are you? How's the going? How are you doing? It's like, it's a real like... I don't know how how you describe it, but because I'm not originally from Dublin, there's something in my blood that is freaked out that my daughter's going to co- come out with a real strong 
inverted commas, towny Dublin accent. But she seems to be picking it up out of nowhere. Like, because I don't really have a, I don't have a Dublin accent. Maybe when I'm out in the street, I might have a bit more of a Dublin accent. But my, my girlfriend certainly doesn't have a Dublin accent. She's from Portugal. But I've just noticed that out of nowhere, my daughter is just, has really harsh Dublin accents out of nowhere. And I caught her saying this word the other day and I had to say to her, where, where are you getting, it's, that's not how you pronounce it. This is how you pronounce the word. Anyway, listen to this audio clip. This is how this conversation went. That didn't work. <laughs> What's going on there? Is it? Hold on a second now. There has to be a way of... There has to be a bleeding way of playing that out loud. Because I don't always... There we go. Okay, here we go. Sorry. Here it is. This is the conversation with my daughter the other day. She's a messer. So she's there saying, play group. How are you? How are you? I'm going off to me play group now. Let's play group. But anyway. But I've, I've caught her sometimes like saying st- saying words like blue. It's blue. It's blue. Blue. <laughs> she came home one day, was playing with one of the girls on the road. And she said, she came in and said to me, Dada, I seen Kylie. <laughs> I said, you didn't seen nothing. What's wrong with your grammar? But anyway, that's my world at the moment. But definitely my favourite housemate. And I have to shout out to everybody and say thank you so much to... Oh, I'm going to burp again. Excuse me. Thank you so much to all of you who did message in about housemates. Because what's happened in the last week is that I got chatting to a few people. And you're hearing all these stories about people that they're in lockdown with. Because it's not that, it, you know, some people are in funny lockdown situations because I'm, I'm with my family. I have a family. So I'm in that situation. But if you're in rented accommodation, as I was like for 15 uh, years with, with other, I suppose, ran, yeah, they, I always lived with random people. I re- Actually, only once did I move in with somebody that I knew. So sometimes you're in lockdown with people that, you know, you just live with, but you don't really know them. But isn't this a weird situation to be on lockdown with? Some of you are listening now, out there now, saying, yeah, I live with a few fucking weirdos. So I got some amazing, genuinely amazing messages about housemates. And that's what we wanted to talk about today was housemates, the good, the bad and the ugly. Because let's face it, there are some good uh, stories as well. Zoe was in touch again to say, um, let's just start off with a positive one. Because, um, because uh, you know, I think that sometimes the the whole, how would you say, the whole the way that you think this narrative is going to happen is that, you know, it's going to be a negative experience, that you're going to moan about these assholes. But actually, we started off with Zoe here said that she had a story of the best housemate ever, that she lived with a guy friend of hers, which this is going to be unusual for a guy because I know there's a lot of women out there who are listening 
who live with men who are going, he's a fucking pig. Mainly my girlfriend. But <laughs> but you're rarely going to get good feedback on men and their tidiness that in living with them. But anyway, she got in touch to say that her best housemate was a guy friend of hers that would clean clean the house when she was away at work. And I was like, wow, that's extremely considerate. Wondering like, hold on a second, I'm a guy, he's a guy. Did he want something else? And she said, nope. She said, absolutely not. She said he was paying less than half the rent, but he didn't have a private rooms because he had a bed in the living room. And she was absolutely fine with that. But she thinks that he felt a little guilty because he was paying far less rent. So he used to clean the house for her all the time. And he said, <laughs> this is funny. He said he loved the idea of becoming a stay-at-home dad. And that's why he did things like that, which that's super kind of cute and... I think that's kind of a romantic notion that so a lot of men have in their heads of wanting to be a stay-at-home dad. I know a lot of them around where I live. I mean, technically on some levels I am, but there's loads of comedians are stay-at-home dads. But I don't know if it's necessarily... Poor old Dame. <laughs> My mate Damo is a stay-at-home dad and he gigs in the even times, but like sometimes he rushes off. Like We might be hanging out with our toddlers and he rushes off to go, i got to get home quick. She's going to kill me for not having the dinner on great isn't it that it's 2020 and that's the way the world is now oh sorry i forgot off the topic of housemates johnny got in touch as well to say that he's loving the podcast and he didn't know that i had my own one that he was just listening to me on des's one and he johnny said i totally agree with you finding older women sexy i'm 32 and i'm being with women that are 10 years older than me but my god there's just something about those women i mean there's just something about women in general women you're all beautiful all shapes and sizes a lot of it gorgeous anyway back to the housemates this one i thought was we got a couple of absolutely hilarious ones here from i I hope i pronounced your name right aisha um who sent in uh hilarious ones first starting off she had a couple of ones starting off with a horror housemate story she says there was this psycho psycho girl living in my student house She used to scream at her boyfriend at the top of her lungs every day. She was a fashion student, and and night after night, she would sit in her room above mine with her sewing machine on the wooden floor, and she would scream in frustration when things didn't turn out how she wanted. (laughs) Which, like, I would... Obviously, if you're living with that, that's not fucking funny, because you'd lose your shit at them. But, man, that is kind of funny, because it... (laughs) Because I'm guessing she's shit. I'm guessing she's not very good. Like, she's a fashion student, but you're not very good at it. Because um, t- to me, anyone who's screaming and shouting in frustration at themselves all the time, you're just not good at your job. Do you ever think of that? I love that. Do you ever work with people in any any line of work that they're always running around stressed? Kind of like, okay, fuck, i got to do this, got to do that. And the more that they're stressed, the more that they, inverted commas, care about the situation, the more that they're perceived to be working harder. And it's such bullshit. I used to say to them, you're not, you're not good at your job, are you? Because if you're good at your job, you'd look good at doing your job. You wouldn't be panicking all the time. So maybe that's what was going on with this fashion student screaming and shouting every time she fucked up a blouse. <laughs> So she would scream out in frustration in frustration when things didn't turn out how she wanted. The sewing machine would be so goddamn noisy, I can imagine. And she would often work at 2 or 3 in the morning, waking me up. 
Once I had exams the next day and I went up to her room to ask her not to do that in the middle of the night and she screamed her lungs out at me that it was her room and it was none of my business and she can do what she wanted in it. She was not mentally sound. <laughs> I lived with a guy. I'll never... I mean, sewing... sewing. Yeah, that's a weird one, sewing at all hours. But I do get that, you know, maybe on some level she was stressing out that she had to get something finished for college the next day. But I used to live with a guy who would hoover at all hours with his earphones in, singing along. And the amount of times that I would snap at him and just fucking... You know, because I'd be up at six o'clock to go onto the building sites or something like that. I'd be straight into him going, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Like, <laughs> he would get offended that I was shouting at him. Like, fucking hoovering with your earphones in at 3 a.m. The problem there was he was unemployed, you see. So he was on fucking all sorts of hours, like we all are now, I suppose. But hoovering and singing with the earphones in. And Jesus Christ, was he the worst singer shut the fuck up so anyway sorry back to Aisha's story her boyfriend also lived in the house before she moved in and once I had to lend him 100 guilders which is like 50 euro oh my god I'm so old she says because he said he was desperate I what do you guys feel of that like I I'm not a a money lender I just don't um, I just don't do it not from it's completely different in a family situation uh, where obviously that has to be done and a family ask for it, then, you know, you do. But I've just never done... I've, to be fair, I've never been... I've never... I don't think I've been asked that much because I don't know if... I just kind of feel it's a little inappropriate, isn't it? I think it's... A, I get it if it's a family thing, but within friendships, it's also dodgy because if you don't pay somebody back, you know, that's... That's dodgy. It's the end of a friendship. It's the beginning of bitterness. It's the beginning of holding on to a grudge. It's just it's just a mucky water to be getting. I don't think I've ever been asked for... I certainly wouldn't give a housemate fucking money. That's for sure. But it would just make the living situation so awkward. But anyway, she she lent him the money. Um, and, she, and, and she said she was broke too. And uh, she said that she would need the money back the week after. He said, okay. So the week after, I asked for it back. And he pointed to the girlfriend, who was obviously the nut job with the sewing machine, and said, I'm sorry, I can't give you the money right now. I promised this beauty I would take her out tonight. Yeah, that's fucking... They were both insane. Yeah, they fucking sound like it. Jesus, that would boil my blood. I hate the balls to say that as well. Lesson there is don't give your fucking housemates money, that's for sure. But she said, in hindsight, I don't know why we didn't all decide to kick them out. They were terrorizing the whole house. But she has a good roommate situation. She said, when I lived in Blanchardstown with a French girl, I lived in Blanchardstown um, from my team at PayPal. Shout out to PayPal, the people who make my donations for this podcast happen. Um, I was heartbroken. One day I came home and I was heartbroken because my boyfriend dumped me. Oh, God. So the French friend pulled me onto the sofa. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, it's not dessert. <laughs> the French friend pulled pulled me onto the sofa and she was watching Chuck Norris films with her fuck buddy. <laughs> um, who was in the Dutch customer service team with me. So we were also mates. Oh, my God. This is all very incestuous. And they made me play a drinking game with them. Oh, here we go. Where every time Chuck did a roundhouse kick, we had to do a shot. 
and a bunch of other rules. It was hilarious, and I couldn't help but laugh my ass off all night. The next day, she took me out for coffee in the sun and spent the whole time telling me how gorgeous I was and that she had a strong feeling he'd be back and not to worry. Arguably not the best advice generally after a breakup, but lo and behold, he came back. What? And two weeks later, he came back two weeks later, and we've been together ever since and have a child. And a house together, and that was 15 years ago. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, there you go. Thanks to the, th- thanks to the, the, the French lady and her, and her Dutch fuck buddy. That's brilliant. Wow. Well, there you go. That's all because of housemates. Well, brilliant. I'm delighted to hear that, Aisha. And, um, yeah, you got out of that psycho situation anyway. And now you're, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, I hope, happily have a house together. You don't say married. As I'm, I, I note that very clearly because I hate when people assume that I'm married because I, I am not. But yeah, congratulations! You got, you got a house and you got a, you got a lovely kid. That's absolutely brilliant. All this talk of housemates. The reason why I didn't want to put the shout out out there into housemates is that I knew that former housemates of mine would get in touch, and sure enough. My good pal Gary gets in touch to say, I better not hear my fucking uh, name being shouted out in the podcast. But there you go, Gary. I said we'd had to because we did have so many. Gary and I lived together in the most, I mean, the strangest of situations. Uh, I don't know if, send me a message if you have done this, but I moved over to London and uh, moved in, to a place with Gary and Gary had been living in a warehouse in South Tottenham for I think he'd been living there for at least a couple of years before that now these warehouses can be hit and miss because it man is at a fucking dodgy part of town I remember like there was the dodgiest Irish pub at the end of our road of the warehouses but when I say warehouse like it's th- those type of warehouses don't even exist in Ireland they're like ancient those buildings they're from Old warehouse, huge warehouse buildings from, I don't know, they must be the 40s and 50s or something. Ancient, old, horrible looking yokes. Derelict areas, but they're owned by all the these um, Jewish companies that used to, used to have clothes factories out of them. But then the, the, the factories closed down. And so what ended up happening was the Jewish owners used to just kind of fit them out with the toilet and, and some studded walls in in these big huge factory type rooms and they'd rent it out so you were able to live there for very cheap rent but it meant that they were hit and miss because the particular commune i suppose you could call it that we were in there was 10 people living there at a time but there was like within one building you'd have about i don't know how many communes you could have 20 these buildings are huge like i i got a glimpse of the one next door i actually had to ask them for a shower next door one day i remember because ours had broken down and I went into into their one, and it was gorgeous. But they had they had the right size. There was only six of them living there, and one of them, their job was that they were like antique, secondhand furniture dealers or something like that. And man, it was just gorgeous. They had it done up so nice. Ours was definitely a bit rougher. But I moved in there with Gary, and it was gas. Um, I was living like my first night I slept on his floor because he had his own kind of room closed off but then I graduated to basically sleeping on top of his room which was like you couldn't stand up it was like this kind of tiny attic space and then I graduated from there to like this kind of loft at the top of the stairs that was not it wasn't cordoned off there was no walls there was no door I was just in behind some curtains which is great because I was paying like 
200, 300 pounds a month, something stupid like that. So I had expendable cash, you know. So I was able to fly over to, to Ireland quite a bit for, for acting jobs and all that kind of stuff. The only problem was, like, if you ever brought somebody home, it was just like this <laughs> weird, awkward situation of, like, you know, everybody could hear. If they're all in the commune area, because there's a huge commune area, they all had, like, um, you know, they'd be smoking weed all day and playing playing the PlayStation on the couch and you know, if you're trying to get the ride up behind the curtains. <laughs> I had a strategy where I would put speakers at the edge of the curtains facing out into the commune and stick on a movie so they thought we were just watching a movie up there but then we'd be having sex on the other side of the speakers quietly so that they couldn't hear anything. <laughs> but Gary, man, it was so good to catch up with Gary who's also back in Dublin now as well. Um, but uh, we were just reminiscing about all the all the different things that, that uh, happened. So... Um, let, let me just flick through this here. Speaking of the weird fashion nutjob lady, there was a girl, when I was in the loft, there was a girl who slept in a room below me who was Welsh, Carla. Gorgeous. Jeez. But she was she was mad. Mental. And, um, like, I, just, I remember, she used to have those stretcher earrings. Do you remember them that make big stretches in your ear? But she'd take them out years before, so she just had big hanging earlobes. But she was... Uh, gas character but she had a boyfriend for a while who was this big fat sloppy guy apparently in a band and we I remember us all going what is she doing with him but if Car- I swear to god Carla was the loudest person having sex in the world ever I mean at one point I was going to knock the door down and go what are you doing to her because it sounded like she was getting tortured just like and it'd be like It'd be four in the morning or whatever like that. Everyone's asleep. There's a commune of like 10 people asleep and everyone's just hearing this murder going on down there. And you'd see her the next morning and letting her like lovely Welsh accent, good morning. <laughs> Is there any cereal left? <laughs> As if nothing had happened. That's the thing about living with housemates. It's like so much stuff happens. It's like, you do you even get to talk about it all? You, so much stuff happens that the next morning, like everybody's heard what Carla's been up to, but we ne- nobody ever talks about her. It's hilarious. But Carla actually kind of worked out of out of the the commune essentially. So she'd be working there during the day. She had a couple of big tables, and she, uh, what was the name of her company? Was it? Oh, I can't remember now. But she was great, great crack, and she had a friend who came over, and they would kind of make dresses and stuff together, and they would do, they would do cool stuff like they would go off to Thailand for like two months, buy all the material that they liked, bring it back with them on the plane, and make loads of shit out of it, and then put on an exhibition. I remember we went to an exhibition of hers down in Dalston, and ah, it was cool. That is the cool thing about living with other people that you do get to meet all sorts of people from all over the world and different walks of life, especially like in the warehouse. Like the warehouse was rough as fuck. Like there's one bathroom between ten people. It's messy. It's it's horrible. And you know, sometimes you just like I remember I was like not when I was early on in my days there, I was like I got really sick. And I think it might have been Easter weekend or something like that, or a bank holiday weekend. But the whole weekend went off into the biggest rave of all time and the amount of drugs. And I just remember having to kind of be locked off away in my loft because I was sweating out of fever and everything and just trying to go down to the toilet while, you know, there's disco balls and lights and all sorts of going goings on and there was just powder everywhere. Like the play. I remember getting up in the morning 
and just just people asleep everywhere and there was just like drugs all over the place it was rank it was awful it wasn't the most hygienic of places you know but it was good time they're good stories man it was just it was mad like that Irish pub I was telling you at the end of the, at the end of the the road of warehouses, it was dodgy as fuck. Remember, Gary and I went in there for a pint one night, a quiet pint, and as we were walking down the road towards the pub, we noticed one of the corner shops had um, there evidently had been an attack in there because there was blood and you could see there was a fight and the blue lights had come along, and we went and sat into the pub, ordered a pint, sat down, and this guy comes running into the pub, says something to the barman and goes off into the toilet. And we're literally there sipping our pints, taking the first sip out of our pints when we the whole pub is surrounded by blue lights. And we're like, oh, holy fuck, you know. <laughs> and all these policemen come in straight to the barman saying they're looking for this guy of such and such a description, which was, we heard what the description was. It was the guy who had gone into the toilet. And the barman, cool as a fucking cucumber, goes... No, I haven't seen anybody with that description. <laughs> and Gary and I were like, Jesus Christ. Downed our pints. Walk out of the... And, and the, the police left. Walked out of the pub. And our mate from the warehouse, Tristan, was there. He's from Coventry. And I was like, I might have known it was you two fuckers. And we're like, it's nothing to do with us. Gas. Great times. But Gary reminded me of like... We 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 moved out of the warehouse and got and Gary got us the flat actually in Harringay, which was like little Turkey. It was amazing. We lived on the ladder in Harringay. It's called the ladder. It's kind of just with the shape of the streets there that they call it the ladder. And we lived above all these amazing Turkish restaurants. Like if you want Turkish food in London, the best kebabs ever. You go to you go to Harringay. And we were friends with all the guys there. Like most people around there didn't even speak English, but you know. Some of the hilarious stories that, like, I'll never forget. They had old casement windows, old sash windows. You know, the ones that you have to lift up and down. And we were on the top floor of a three-story building on the main street. And I remember cooking in the kitchen that it was getting so hot in there that I lift open the casement window. But then I turn around and knock a full bottle of ketchup or something like that out into the street. And, like, there was no sound or nothing. We just presumed it hit somebody in the head. But we couldn't make make a sound because we thought somebody would be able to see that I'd fucking... You could have knocked somebody out doing that. But, man, were they great times. Amazing times. We got another... Um, we got some weird messages as well about, about housemates. Like, there's all sorts of weird stuff that housemates are going to do. True. Fair enough. But here's one for you. I mean... <laughs> have you ever... Where's them... Oh, yeah, this guy. Tommy Cooney, whoever you are, just keeps... No matter what the questions are, Tommy Cooney sends in a weird question. So he just sent me a message going... A question going, what do you sing at karaoke night? Uh, I don't know, Tommy. I don't know. Frank Sinatra, my way, or something like that. But anyway, unrelated. There you go, Tommy. Oh, Darren, I was telling you about earlier on, who got in touch, who's uh, based over in Massachusetts at the moment. Darren said he lived in Sydney. Um with a, a, a Scottish friend of his, actually. And um, <laughs> he said the Scottish friend had a girl uh, stay over from work. And when Darren got up in the morning to go to work, he noticed that there was shit all over the walls. Now, as you can imagine, this is a common theme going on with the housemates. And, the, you know, we've had the positive <laughs> with housemates. But for some reason, that is a, a common theme that... 
Um, there's also sex or shit or something filthy like that. But anyway, the story was that the Scottish lad brought a girl home from work to do the deed. <laughs> and when I woke up in the morning, I was going into the bathroom and there was shit everywhere. Fingerprints and everything. When I made my way downstairs, it was on the walls. Did I say this was in Sydney, by the way? This is when Darren was in Sydney. When I made my way downstairs, there was shit on the walls as if she was holding the walls going down. When he woke up, there was shit all over the bed. He ended up having to see her the next day in work. Happy Easter. <laughs> that is embarrassing. That is a, there's a brilliant Joe List story, actually. Joe List is a, is a, is a comedian from Boston, actually. Um, and I can't remember on what podcast it is. I think it might be on the Joe Rogan podcast. I, I got to gig with Joe List in the Vodafone Comedy Festival here in um, in Dublin two years ago now. Lovely, 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 lovely guy. But he's an alcoholic and he doesn't drink anymore. And he hasn't drink. He's been sober for quite a long time. But he has this horrific story. I'd say if you Google it, Joe List shit story. This horrific story where he doesn't remember what happened because he was tr- so drunk and he blacked out at the time. But he was so drunk and so under the influence that he reckons he shat in one of the girl's shoes that he'd stayed the night in and shat all over the place. But he'd had to go to the airport and he'd shit all over his trousers without even realizing it. Got the plane over to, I think he was flying from New York to LA or something like that, and went and did the gig that night having shit on his trousers. But yeah, that's pretty rough. Like, I mean, I do feel sorry for the girl because in that situation who was in Sydney that you know you have to see the guy the next day but also you're you're obviously not right if you've shat all over the place you know it's just it's going to be mortifying you you obviously can't remember what's gone on do you know what i mean but there's also i think that's kind of the theme of the housemate thing unfortunately is that you know here's another one i lived i oh know where is this one gone again oh yeah Mary sent in a message to say that she once lived with a couple that one of the housemates used to put the toilet brush in the dishwasher. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I on one level, I get it. I get that you want to clean your toilet brush, but you don't put it in there with the food stuff. It's fucking disgusting. That's the, I mean, this could be a controversial comment in itself, but... You know, I know there's a lot of people... We got into an argument about this. I remember that when I was in carpentry college, back when I used to be a carpenter. And an argument got going at lunchtime about who goes to the toilet while they're in the shower. I'm just totally against it. I'm just... I'm just like, I don't know why you do any toilet stuff in the shower whatsoever. Like, masturbating as well. I, I, I don't get... I get it for women because it, that's easier for you girls, you know, but, you know certainly in that position but but certainly wanking standing up isn't isn't a great it's it's not the easiest thing in the world but also it's just like i'm all clean i don't need to be getting hot and bothered when i'm cleaning you know because you have to you, you work up a sweat doing it so i don't want to be getting sweaty while i'm while i'm fucking i don't want to be getting sweaty while i'm cleaning myself does, does that make sense i don't want sperm in the shower you know but that pissing in the shower thing as well but the toilet brush and the dishwasher man that's just nuts there shouldn't be any crossing over of like when you have the sponge for scrubbing down the kitchen you have a different sponge for for scrubbing down the shower the toilet all the all the toiletry stuff because you keep all that stuff separate you don't put the fucking toilet brush into the dishwasher (laughs) 
I can imagine the first time you saw that opening up the dishwasher the next morning going, what the fuck? But there you go. Dishwasher and toilet brush. Oh, this lad got in touch as well to talk about. This was a an odd one. But actually, this was about weird housemates. But I think all that's happened here is that... Um, is that you look like the weirdo. <laughs> you look like you are the weird housemate here. I don't have your um, first name here. But anyway, this is about feeding the dog. So I, I lived with a Spanish couple in Barcelona who had a cocker spaniel, which I used to feed with whatever food I had left. It's not a great idea. It's not a great idea to be feeding dogs from the table, especially from the table. That's just, ugh. Anyway. One time I gave the dog... Uh, some chicken soup with bits of onion and pasta in it. The dog's breath afterwards was disgusting and I later found out that they cannot digest onion and that it can actually kill them. Well, that's true of chocolate. I knew that. I knew, you know, dogs can't have chocolate can, that can actually kill them. The dog did survive but the, and and the and I, I hope that the, uh, the breath improved since. Well, that's definitely not about, that's not about housemates. That's about you being a weirdo. But anyway... There you go. He says, apparently dogs lack something to digest onions. And depending on the size of the dog and the amount of onion that you feed them, you can end up killing them. The dog survived. He was just relentless in his pursuit of food. I could throw anything to him and he would gobble it up. Well, there you go. That's, um, yeah, don't be feeding dogs on the table, I think is the lesson there. Um, But yeah. So there you go. I mean, I don't want to read too many more because, like, unfortunately, they've all gone into shitting and pooing stories and all that kind of uh, carry-on. Somebody said here they lived with a big smelly who would do massive shits after everyone had left work and not flush it. Yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, I'm not going to call my missus out on it, but let's just say I've had to deal with that as well. Now, on the reverse, I put my hands up. It has happened to me recently, but the toilet hasn't been refilling. So what's happening is that you press the flush button and go and wash your hands, and off you go. You assume that you flushed, and it turns out that uh, it has no sunk the kids. When you drop the kids off the school, it has no taken the wee jobby down through the pipes out to the sewage system. So, anyway, we all have a bit of that here and there. But anyway, we're coming to close to the end of the show. Thank you so much for all your messages and your um, and the emails and for your contributions and donations and 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 all that carry on. Um, yeah, it was it was a great to think down memory lane of housemates and I hope you are getting on well with your housemates now because we've had a lot of <laughs> horrible, weird, and funny stories there. But I do hope that you're having a good time now with your housemates. Oh, I, my girlfriend and I were laughing actually about. I bet that they're listening all the way down in New Zealand, but shout out to Alex and Hannah, if you're listening. <laughs> they were f- such, such a lovely couple from New Zealand, living in London at the time. And for a brief period, I moved in with my girlfriend. She was living with them in a stunning place in Primrose Hill. We were so lucky to live there. And um, so we were living, I was living with them for a couple of months before we got to um, get our own place. And Alex and Hannah were having a party because they were we were all leaving the house and they were having their own party with their friends to celebrate them doing some traveling and going back to New Zealand. And they had quite the party. We weren't at the party. We were working or whatever and came home late that night and just went the two of us went straight to bed. But there was a lot of partying going down there in the in the living room. 
A lot of smoking going on, shall we say. Anyway, we fell asleep and we woke up in the middle of the night um, because it was quite smelly and somebody just needed to open a window to let the the smoke out because at this point the party had finished, everybody had gone home and my girlfriend gets up to go downstairs to open the windows and in the meantime, Alex and Hannah are next door in bed Alex gets up to go to the toilet. He goes to the toilet at the same time that my girlfriend's gone downstairs. But he's in such a high and probably drunken state that when he comes back out of the toilet, he goes into the wrong room. He comes into my room and I just see this. He's a big guy. I just see this big New Zealander walking into the room and I'm going, Alex, what are you doing? What are you doing? He can't hear a word I'm saying because he's off his head. Not only does he sit on the edge of the bed, <laughs> he sits on the edge of the bed and he hooshes me over with his arse. I just remember his arse touching me and going, ah! And he hops in, covers himself and wraps himself so tight, but pulls the duvet so tight that I can't move. I'm like, Alex, get up, get up, get up. My girlfriend comes upstairs and I'm like, <laughs> she comes upstairs to find me in bed with Alex. And I'm like, Ines, do something. And she, Alex just hears I'll never forget Ines going, Alex, you're in the wrong room. And he, I just remember him getting up in his big Kiwi accent going, oh, shit. <laughs> Walks out past her, back into his own room, and poor Hannah, who was obviously still drunk or whatever, just sticks her head around her door and says, we are so sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man. It was... <laughs> I just remember he bought me. It was so awkward because when I saw him the next morning, he was just bright red. Talk about awkward the next morning. He was bright red. He was like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I just couldn't stop laughing. Just obviously it was funny. And I wasn't embarrassed. You know, it was, it was just funny. It was a funny situation. But he was so embarrassed. But then to, by, by way of trying to say sorry, he bought me chocolates, which I thought was weird as well. Because <laughs> then he buys me chocolate to say sorry. I'm like, oh, Alex, you flirt. <laughs> Oh, he was so freaked out. It was brilliant. But it was great to think down the years of all the people. I counted, actually, recently. I think since since I moved out of my family home, I lived in... I counted 20 different places in uh, in something like 14 or 15 years or something like that. That's a lot. Because even in London, I was in London for four years, but I lived in one, two, three, four, five, six different places in the four years I was in London. So I've moved around a lot, um, but I, I'm I, like, living in that place with Gary and Harringay on the ladder. Ah, oh, such good fun. The memories, the memories of like when you're young. I think that's the time to do it as well because I definitely got to a certain age where I was like, oh, I'm fucking done living with other people. But I do look back at it now and go, man, that was great. It was great being being that young and being that. Uh, you know, because you, you, you just don't care so much about certain things and all sorts of things are liable to happen from the people, you know, when you bring somebody home or where somebody else brings somebody home, like you don't know who you're going to bump into in the hallway, you know. Gary was you know, reminiscing about a, a, a regular caller that he that he had that I never met. <laughs> but sure, I was the same, you know. They were just fun, fun, fun times. Uh, and you look back at them with great, you know, they're just great memories and now that you you've kind of a lot of us have grown up or like if you're my age and you're listening you know you 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 might have your own kids or you're living at home or you have your own family and you kind of go huh yeah 
we used to get like get up to all sorts. Like if I if I was to walk back to the warehouse now in Tottenham, I'd probably go, "Oh Jesus Christ, what was I doing living here?" But even before that, when I was living in Dublin, I used to live <laughs> live with a friend of mine that I played football with, and his uh, sister owned a house actually. So me, him, and her were living in one house. And I was a carpenter at the time. And I know that the Snickers trousers have come up in previous episodes. For those of you who are from outside of Ireland, Snickers workwear are kind of like Dickies workwear in Ireland. And um, they have these big pouches at the front that kind of act like a tool belt. So you could fit a big tape measure in there or, or a big bunch of screws or whatever. Whatever it is that you needed to work with on the building side in that day. But I used to put them in the washing machine. but And I think I've gotten all the screws and all the bits and bobs out of it. But the only way that you know for sure that you didn't is when the washing machine starts spinning around going krung, krung. <laughs> and Mags used to go mad at me. <laughs> I'm only after buying that fucking dishwasher or that fucking washing machine. <laughs> and Mark used to roar shouting at me. I'd be upstairs because I was only young at the time. I think that was between, I must have been, yeah, I was only like 19, 20, 21 at that stage, you know. And he used to shout up the stairs, Stephen Mullen, you have to leave a fucking screwdriver in the fucking washing machine. Ah, <laughs> oh, but there were good times. I remember, like, that we lived in a place before that, that, you know, I dropped a fucking big stew casserole dish and broke the whole... <laughs> broke the whole oven door and there was fucking you know then when we got our deposit back there wasn't much of it left and I was I basically didn't get a fucking deposit back but yeah you know they're great times they're fun times to look back on and yeah I, I'm living in the place in Dalton I lived above a natural wine bar which the place I lived in was a shithole but it was the best location in the world living in, the, in Dalston like living in the middle of Dalston the rent was dirt cheap it was a bargain it was great, and I lived with I lived with a guy Gertz, who I saw recently when I went over in London. He's from Hungary, and he's just the weirdest eccentric guy ever. And he used to always ask me for a pint, and he's just so weird that I would just go no. <laughs> but he was like, you know, the he was a nice guy, but just like he was just too too weird to hang around with. <laughs> he was so mad, but we were, you know, you that was the other funny thing about living with people is that you don't necessarily see them all the time, do you? But man, they were fun times. But thank you again, anyway, for all the messages, for all the fun, for all the funny stories. Um, keep sending them in if you've got more. Keep keep sending them. We can we can chat about it again. Um, it was great to catch up to to chat back to you guys. And thank you again to all the people who have donated. Um, there is uh, there will be a link in this podcast episode to click on if you'd like to donate. There's also a link on my uh, Instagram page. Um, even for the price of a, a packet of tater crisps. <laughs> the price of a packet of tater if everybody donated for the price of a packet of tater crisps, jeez, I'd be I'd be I'd be full of crisps. But thank you for the people who have donated. I really appreciate it. Um and thanks for coming along for another show. I've had great it was great fun doing it. And uh, yeah, get in touch. Uh, hello Steve Podcast at gmail.com or message me on Instagram and uh Send me your feedback, your love, your your worries, your fears, your your thoughts, whatever it is. Just say hello to Steve-O and we'll do another show. Have a great week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.